Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo, and we're back. Wow, I took a break. Um, I, I had to laugh because I was having a conversation with Kevin of the Outline Podcast, and he was initially saying to me that he, th- he didn't think it would be possible for me to take that break off without letting you guys know, because that's just not my nature. Like, I'm really anal and organized like that, where, you know, when I took my uh, month off, when BHW and I took that whole month off before, it was planned ahead of time. I let you guys know it was coming up, and then once it happened, everybody knew it was going to happen. But last week, I just honestly, I've had so much going on during the month of January, like, and I mean, for, for the positive, I give thanks for it, but I was just really worn out, you know, like you just get to a point, you're like, I just need to something, something can't happen. (laughs) And so I'm like, you know, for once it's going to be the podcast. I'm going to not do an episode, you know, it won't kill me. Uh, so (laughs) there was even a point where I was like, you know, but at least I could do a, uh, a brief healing. And I didn't even do that. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just chilling for the month. I mean, chilling for the week. And here's what I love, though. You misfits, let me know. (laughs) I mean, even up until this recording, the day of this recording, I had people hitting me up. Uh, One of my dear friends contacted me and was like, yeah, so it took a lot for me to not reach out to you and (laughs) ask you where the episode was. And there were several of you. So thank you so, so much. It means a lot that you guys listen to the show every week. That's me. You know, I have podcasts that I love to listen to and it's like a comfort for me. You know, I have podcasts like The Outline or podcasts like Him or The Read or uh, Going In Raw which it's, it's a wrestling podcast. <laughs> I'm sure so, some people heard that like going in raw. What kind of podcast is that? But yeah, a lot of these podcasts are comfort for me. You know, like some people have comfort food. I have comfort podcasts, especially now that I have, um, I finally am driving down here in Atlanta. It really is comfort because I turn on podcasts while I'm driving and it just sounds like you're listening to friends. And so I really, really love that. So to know that you guys are having that same experience with the healing space means the world to me. And I really, really mean that. So thank you all out there in the Misfit universe for listening. It means a lot. It really does. Um, There is so much that has gone on since since the last time we were on here together. So much that has taken place. So first of all, there are going to be some changes to the way that the podcast operates. The first thing being that I've created a new segment called The Safe Space, which is going to come on after the uh, culture of pop. And so you'll end up seeing what that's about. But it's my way of being able to continue to incorporate wellness into the podcast. Uh, it's if For those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know the way that I used to start the podcast, and I'll leave it there. Instead of starting the podcast off that way, I kind of put it in the middle of the podcast to give you an opportunity to inhale and exhale before we get to the next segment. And also, as I shared with you guys on the last episode, there's going to be a change in good news as well. Uh, for a long time, BHW and I would share with you guys what our good news was. But now I want to change that around and I want to make it about you guys. I want to keep it fresh and different. And so I love uh, that we have misfits who have already 
sent in their good news and i hope that this continues because i think it's a way of all of us being able to motivate one another so for those of you misfits who are listening if you didn't contribute to this week maybe these people's stories can inspire you you know there's some people who sent in one sentence some people sent in paragraphs but they want to share good news and i'm really excited for uh this new change in the way that good news will be set up (laughs) so okay Since last time we were here together, I've had two weekends, and as I stated, January has been very, very busy for a brother. So, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on weekends and on Culture of Pop, because that could end up being an hour all by itself. So, (laughs) I'll go ahead and get into my first weekend. Okay, so I went to the movies with um, George. And I'll get into the actual movie that we went to see during the culture of pop. But we went to the movies and we had a great time. And then we ended up going to um, Gordon Biersch, which for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know, in the past, I've told you it's one of my favorite restaurants down here in uh, Atlanta. And uh, I believe that most of you in the Misfit universe know George, but he's been on a lot of the black queer and unapologetic episodes so he and i have started to reconnect a little bit more because i hadn't seen him since my birthday in november so it was really cool getting to you know hang out and everything and we had a blast that friday night so of course i needed to get home because saturdays and sundays are all about me teaching a whole lot of yoga so i ended up teaching um two classes it was two or three i think it was two classes on Saturday and both of those was awesome for January as I've stated I'm focusing on the knees and you know helping my students to fall in love with their knees because a lot of people myself included in the past have had knee issues or currently have knee issues and with a lot of my students when I go to adjust them I'm constantly having to push their knees forward giving them a deeper bend because they're afraid to really put a lot of pressure down on their knees and I forgot who it was but they made such a wonderful point and I'm like okay so I just need to be blunt with my students like this they said to me you can't expect for your knees to get better if you're not working them and I'm like, ta freaking da. Like, that's the that's the absolute truth. You have to put that deep bend in. You have to have some aching in order for you to get to the point where it's not hurting anymore, you know? So even though I can admit this this month is moving a little slow for me as far as my teaching, my students know I like to go hard, you know. Revolution is uh deep in Ashtanga yoga. So I like to go really hard. There's gonna be sweating with my yoga. And I don't know, like focusing on the knees has been like, oh, this is so slow, Um, but but it's fun and it's making a difference because some of my students are already telling me that they're feeling a difference when it comes to their knees. So that's a blessing, you know? So yeah, I taught my classes and then after that, what did I end up doing after that? Oh, so I ended up going to this restaurant with my friend Tay and I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant only because who knows what can happen in the future. I may end up working with them in some way or something of that nature. All I'll say is I heard from a lot of people that this is a really good restaurant. And when I went to the restaurant, not so much. Like not so much. Like the food was very dry 
And it was an insanely long wait over an hour. But because I had been told by so many people that it was really good food, I waited. Now, Tay's food looked great and he told me he really enjoyed it. So I'm like, maybe it's what I got. Maybe I just need to not get it. But I also can admit that I kind of have a certain standard of what I believe a restaurant should look and feel like. And this restaurant wasn't really giving me that. Uh, also, the location was like, what? So <laughs> there's a good chance I'm never going there again. But the positive thing is it's the only restaurant that I can say that about in Atlanta so far, uh, Georgia in general. Um, it's the first restaurant since I've been living here that I've gone to that I decided I'm not going back to. So that's not bad. You know, I've been here since 2017, so that's not bad at all. So ended up coming back to the house and I have one new PS4 game and one PS4 game that I've had. <laughs> this is so sad that I've had since 2016 that I never opened up. And that was Uncharted 4. So I had Uncharted 4 and then the new Spider-Man game. So once again, the way that the universe has showed up and made me super busy in the month of January, I was able to play Uncharted for like a day. And then after that, it was like, nope, <laughs> life picked up once again, lots of yoga, lots of my job, lots of just everything going on. So there was no time for my PS4. So literally, as I'm talking to you guys right now, Spider-Man is still in the plastic. And you know, as I stated, this is two weeks later. So <laughs> I'm going to get around to you, Spider-Man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it was, uh, I played a little bit of Uncharted and I'm like, yeah, I'm really into this game. And I'm, I'm glad that I can really get into Uncharted because for those of you who, play, who have played The Last of Us, The Last of Us has hurt my heart. Like there is one play, the one board that I can't get off of. And it's irritating and I don't even feel like doing it anymore. So I'm like, I'm not even going to focus on you. And then Final Fantasy, I'm continuing to make it far whenever I do put the game in. But I don't know, like it's a beautiful game and the open world is phenomenal, but it doesn't really grab me. Uh, and then I'm still on the exact same part of um, uh, Infamous, the what is it? Infamous, the second son. I'm still in the same part. Every time I go back, I just play that same part and I don't get further and I'm over it. So <laughs> I think the the thing I can be happy about right now is that I finally was able to take a wrestling game out of my PS4 and I haven't put it back in. So that's an accomplishment. WWE 2K19, like all of the other 2K games from WWE, became an obsession and I wasn't going to take it out because with this game, it's different from all of the other ones. Like there are so many things that you can do that it's impossible to get tired of it. Like they have towers like Mortal Kombat where you can like interact with other players and everything like it's endless. So I was really happy that I now have some other games that I can play that was finally able to pull me away from wrestling. So, yeah, um, <laughs> that has been my Tech talk, TED Talk on video games. Wow, that went on for longer than I expected. But <laughs> so then Sunday, yeah, I ended up teaching several yoga classes, and that was a lot of fun. Like the the way that yoga is really starting to show up for me now has me really excited. Like I've been constantly teaching since I moved to Atlanta. You know, I've I've talked about that on the podcast. From you know teaching in a studio up in. 
uh, Buckhead to teaching on top of Stone Mountain regularly each year to, you know, teaching in Piedmont Park. Like I haven't had a shortage of teaching, but the amount of students that's, you know, growing is really making me excited. And it all came from showing myself actually adjusting and helping my students on Instagram, which who knew? I thought that you guys just wanted to see my students. I didn't know that you wanted to see me adjusting them. And one of my new students told me that. She said that, you know, for her, it was a thing of seeing me do it made her understand that it wouldn't hurt or that the poses were possible. Seeing someone just do the pose by themselves is like, oh, okay, well, they're just clearly more advanced than I am. But seeing me actually adjusting them is like, oh, okay. So that's how they were able to get into the pose. So it never dawned on me, but there's an aha moment <laughs> and it helped a lot because the amount of students that I have is starting to pick up a lot so that's pretty awesome so that was pretty much my Sunday like I taught classes and then after that I just chilled out uh chilling out has been very very rare lately so I appreciate it whenever I can get it so um, focusing on all of the culture of pop that I had for that weekend, because I literally have it separated um, into two different weekends and culture of pop. So I was initially going to talk about last week, Grownish, and it's I believe they're on episode three now. So for this week, it's going to be episode four. And I'm loving it just like I loved season one. I was thinking to myself, do I like season two more so far? But I think it's pretty equal so far as they go into episode four. Uh, I definitely can say that Zoe and Luca, I love them a whole lot more than expected. Uh, when the first season ended, I believe I said on the podcast that I believed this was the right relationship for her to be in. I didn't think that she needed to be with uh, the character that Trevor Jackson plays because I felt like they were too obvious. They were the obvious couple, you know, the couple that it, when the series ends, those are the two or who are going to be together. So I like that she was with Luca because I feel like that's a good storyline to go in to keep her and Trevor Jackson's character away from each other. However... As this season is progressing, they genuinely feel right together. So it's going to be interesting when it gets to a point where they decide to separate them because their dynamic really works. Like it's a really good balance for two television characters. Like I like it a lot. So I'm actually going to be a little disappointed when they pull them apart because I think they balance each other really well. Um, and then because I'm doing my best to not give any spoilers. There's a situation that ends up happening with um, one of the characters named Jazz, and she is uh, Chloe of Chloe and Hallie. And uh, Jazz and Zoe end up having a big issue, um, a big argument, and it ends up getting resolved on one of the episodes, or seemingly, we'll, we'll see what happens in episode four, but it looks to be resolved. And I, like, I don't know, I, I appreciated the fact that they kept it going from one episode to the next. So to see it suddenly end the way it did didn't seem realistic to me at all. So that's probably the only issue that I have was that. Um, Charlie is now the Dean. That's not really a spoiler. You find that out in the first episode of the new season. Um, he's the Dean now and it doesn't really make sense to me. I don't, I don't quite understand why they decided to go in that direction other than the fact that the dude who was the dean from SNL is no longer there. So I, I don't know if they just didn't want to hire anyone new. But I'm like, let's be honest with ourselves. Seriously, him as the dean? Okay. That just seemed like laziness to me. 
But um, <laughs> the last thing I will say is that the topics continue to be what I see from the time that I spent in college, very much in line, you know, with college life. And even though things change per generation, me being someone who uh, I, I'm fairly certain that I'm Generation X, I've had a problem with that for a while. Like, am I Generation X or am I a millennial? Because it, from the, the research that I've done, it says that I'm on the, uh, the cusp of it. But I'm fairly certain I'm Generation X. I believe that millennials started in 1981. So I'm pretty sure I'm Generation X. But anyway, the purpose of me saying that is that <laughs> I believe that there's not much that changes as far as our experiences. Now, there are certain things that take place that may look a little different, you know, but what it is that we go through kind of overall, the big picture of college remains the same. And I think that Gronish does a really good job of showing that. And I continue to appreciate that. I believe that Freeform is a good channel for this show because there are things, especially in season one, Lord, there were things that took place <laughs> that you're like, wow, definitely wouldn't see that on Blackish. And I, I appreciate it. You know, this season, Zoe was talking about having sex with Luca. And I'm like, I love that they allow Zoe to be this character because they could attempt to make her all prim and proper, but that's not real. And so I I, I appreciate the the reality of Gronish. It's really awesome. And the movie that I went to go see with George was If Beale Street Could Talk, which, of course, for any of you misfits, I'm hoping you know that that's by James Baldwin. And I left out of that theater with George and I said to him that I don't I'm not a fan of the word perfect. I'm not going to say that I haven't used it before because I have, but I'm not a fan of perfect. I don't really believe it exists, but if I did decide to use it, if Bill Street could talk to me is pretty close to perfect. And I mean that sincerely. And I put up how I felt about the movie on Facebook. And someone actually came in there and she, and I won't say her name. I'm sure she doesn't care that I say her name, but I won't say her name. But she came under the post and was like, am I the only one who doesn't like the movie? And like when she talked about her reasoning why i was like okay i get that i understand it because one of the things she said is that it reminded her of good times and if you all remember uh, i believe the episode where bhw and i were talking about our favorite shows i was talking about how good times traumatized me like i can't watch that show it just seems endlessly sad and depressing however bhw didn't see it that way at all you know and so the universe brought that right back around. She sees if Bill Street could talk that way. I didn't see it that way at all, you know? For what it is that happens in that movie on the negative side, the love story and the sense of family was so powerful to me that the, the dark side of the movie didn't really have the amount of weight that I see it had with her. So that was just very intriguing to me, you know, how we all perceive things differently. It was so beautifully written it was so beautifully acted. I would probably say there's only one character in the movie that dropped the ball. And you know what? I love the movie so much that I won't even I won't even point out who the person was. I'll just say that I believe there was only one person who wasn't really there. Uh, hopefully within time with their acting, they'll get there. But the rest of the cast was stellar. Absolutely stellar. And, and I mean, the cinematography was beautiful, you know? 
it was so be everything they did there's a scene where um i and i can't remember the sister's name the main character i don't remember her name but uh uh stefan james and oh my goodness james franco's brother i'm having a hard time remembering what his name is <laughs> james franco's brother uh they're all in i've said i think i may have said the roof but they were in an apartment that they were looking to move into a loft and they i think they ended up going up to the roof at some point and just the way that the the sky looked it's the really simple things i'm one of those people you know and brandon's talking about me always looking for my director's eye but for me it's like the smallest little details really mean a lot and for me the thing that grabbed me about that scene and the interaction between the three of them had so much to do with the atmosphere of what was around them as the words that was coming out of their mouths, you know? Um, and so that really made a huge difference. And that was the whole movie. There were scenes in that movie that actually got audible responses from me. <laughs> and that's how I knew that I was really into it. I was really fully invested in these characters. And it literally was from start to finish. From start to finish, I was invested in this movie. I can say, okay, that's not completely true. And I believe the first scene or two, I may have been a little out of it, where it was like, oh, is this acting going to be really bad? But <laughs> it picked up fairly quickly. And then it was, you know, off to the races after that. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to see If Bill Street Could Talk, see it. Um, all love and respect to Regina King. She wore it out. But I do believe that there are other people who should be nominated. I really, really do. Um, that's just my opinion. I believe that other people should be nominated because the cast was phenomenal. And um, I just had deja vu. And for some reason, I feel like I've said that to you guys already. <laughs> I don't. I was in the middle of me saying that. I was like, have you said this before? But I'm like, I don't remember talking about the movie on the podcast. If I have, then you clearly see just how busy I've been. The fact that I've forgotten completely about that. But anyway, so that was uh, the that was that movie. Okay, so then I had an update, which seems so dated now because this was like two weeks ago. But I had an update on the movie The Upside because it had just come out into theaters. And this was the Brian, Cras Brian Cranston, excuse me, and Kevin Hart. And so I did some research and I found out that it opened at 19.5 million um, and it had an A cinema score. All things no one was expecting, especially with everything that was going on with uh, with Kevin Hart. And it wasn't a deeply promoted movie, to be honest with you. I mean, it was promoted, but not like heavily. Um, and but but what ended up happening as far as the percentages percentages was interesting. So for the upside, it was 37 percent. Uh, of the audience, 37% of the audience were white and 30% were black. And this is actually a first for a Kevin Hart led movie. So it kind of leads you to believe that there was, there was some form of backlash in movie theaters when it came to his audience, because it changed for a Kevin Hart led movie. It has always been black. This is the very first time that the percentage was more white than black. And also, in my research, I found that the movie did really well in the Midwest and in the South. And the top five movie theaters for the upside during its opening weekend were in Texas and Georgia, not in any of the coast cities at all. 
And that was very intriguing to me. And one thing I will say is I'm hoping my last time bringing up this whole thing when it comes to Kevin Hart is that I was able to hear his full, uh, his full apology on his Sirius XM show. What I will say is that he went further into his apology than I'd heard. And as a journalist, I do understand when it's necessary for you to be able to know all the facts. And I allowed myself to do something that I never do, and that is go off of simply a clip and not a full interview. And for that, that is my bad. Because when I listened to the rest of um, the Sirius XM uh, show of his where he was talking about the situation, by no means, please, no one listening think that I'm going to completely say I'm on Kevin Hart's side now. But he did give a legitimate apology. He gave a legitimate, a full out, I'm sorry. The clip that I heard was just him sounding like he was being very disrespectful and speaking in third person and things of that nature. But when I listened to the full conversation he actually did flat out say that he was sorry so for that i will say you know that i i apologize for not listening to the full thing um because as a journalist i need to be better than that i don't need to listen to anything half-assed and be like oh yeah okay so this is how i feel no it's about getting the facts and i didn't get the facts and so now that i have the facts when you know better do better and so I can say that he has actually apologized, no matter how he may have, you know, messed the shit up afterwards anyway. But um, <laughs> so, yes, I wanted to say that. But I did find it very interesting that it appeared that when certain people, you know, black or other minority groups kind of stepped back from him during that situation, white people stepped further in. And that was very intriguing, you know, to find out that he did better in more conservative areas. And then, the la <clears throat> excuse me, the last show for uh, that weekend was Friends from College. I binged all of Friends from College, and if you guys haven't seen season one, check it out, and then check out season two. It's a really funny show, really funny, and I enjoyed the second season as much as I enjoyed the first season. And I do, if for those of you listening in the Misfit Universe who know who Keegan Michael Key is. My crush on him is really serious. Now, I've had a crush on him for years, but I don't know what's going on now. Like, he has a beard now and has some gray in it. And his sexiness is just on a whole other level. And I don't know, like, his bouge. Oh, it just made... <laughs> like, he just has this whole... The way that he carries himself and the fact that so often a lot of his characters are very much like who he actually is, usually that would annoy me, but it's like, it just gives me a reason to continue to be attracted to him. Like, yes, this is who you are anyway, and I find that to be so sexy. Keep being that in the same role. <laughs> he's, he's, he's very attractive. Okay, so now that I've gotten that out the way. Let's see if we can speed this up a bit as we go into the second weekend. So that would have been the weekend that just passed. So on Friday, I went to see a film, a film, Lord, a one woman play called Femme for Every Man. And it was starring a uh, an artist by the name of Eric Dillard. And I went to see it with George. So this is becoming a thing with George and I where we're um, going to plays and movies and all those things on Fridays. So it was absolutely wonderful. It told a beautiful story uh, of this queer man who goes on this journey of 
self-love and self-evolution, you know, and he, uh, if the church plays a huge part in it as it does with a lot of queer men, um, and not just of color in general and watching this, I don't want to give too much away, uh, but hopefully you can get, you know, when I said a man, uh, an idea of what takes place in the, uh, the one woman play, but it's wonderfully acted, very funny, you know, emotional on several different levels. And I definitely believe that you all should go check it out. Now, as of this recording, it's actually still showing. So I believe that they have shows that are going on this coming weekend. So that would be the 25th through 27th, I believe. And that is at, I believe it's called Good Acting Studios. I believe it's Good Acting Studios. And yeah, you definitely want to support. And I'm 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 really looking forward to being able to see more from this guy. Because what it is, and, and my apologies for saying guy, because I'm in a space where I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if he ever actually shoot i keep saying he um, <laughs> uh, they because this isn't someone who's transgendered but it's very important for us of course as always to be very aware you know so i don't know if they may be non-binary or not but eric you are a a wonderful actor and the people there at uh, good acting studios are wonderful people so definitely make sure that you uh, check out the play. Google Good Acting Studios if you're here in Atlanta and it's in Marietta and go and support because the show did so well that they extended it. So you have an opportunity to see it this coming weekend. So check that out and that's going to be awesome. So we enjoyed that. And then after we left there, we made our way to a diner that was like down the street from there. Uh, got some food to eat and then I ended up taking him home and came home on Saturday back to yoga once again and that was great you know um i don't know like i it's something about my saturday and sunday classes that are just so much fun of course i love my weekly classes too a lot of them are online but i love there's something about just the back to back of it all you would assume that i'm like oh god i'm so sick of it but no like oh the energy anyway so yeah so <laughs> the teaching went great and then I was able to chill out for a little while because I was hanging out with my friend Tay again and we were going to an event that was happening in um, Atlantic Station. And my friend Tommy, who's actually been on here before, Tommy hit me to this uh, meet and greet that was going on for a movie called Burden that's going to be coming out this year. And it's created by Nathan Hale Williams. And he and I have been friends on social media for some years now. But I never met him in person. But I followed his career. And so when Tommy told me about it, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this will be really, really cool. A great networking experience. So it ended up raining. And I mean, like, raining hard. All day. And I was like, I don't even know if I want to go through this. Like, this is a lot. So we were initially not going to go. We were like, okay, we're just going to chill out here in the house, maybe play some PS4, watch some Netflix or something and just chill. Um, but I'm like, no, let's go. You know, let's let's see what this experience is like. So we ended up going and we get to Atlantic Station. We park. We end up getting caught in the rain, soaking wet. And when we open up the doors to walk into um, the loft space, 
Nathan comes and immediately greets us. So that's really cool because it's like, you know, it's a whole room of people, but he's literally greeting everyone who walks in. That says a whole lot about a person. Just me personally. That's what I think. So, you know, comes over, compliments us, you know, gives us hugs, shakes our hand and all that good stuff. And so... We go upstairs, you know, He uh, Tay goes to the bathroom. I'm talking to a woman by the name of Miss Annie, um, and she was really cool. So I'm talking to her in the kitchen, and she's, like, making hors d'oeuvres and everything. And we had a really good conversation. And then Tay came back down, and we went back downstairs to join everyone else. Had some cocktails and, you know, chilled out, listened to the presentation, watched uh nathan's movie called 90 days like it was a really really good experience some really good networking that took place as well so i'm looking forward to some awesome things coming soon from the networking that i did uh, but it was a wonderful experience both of us genuinely enjoyed ourselves so after that um we ended up what what happened after that went uh went shopping and then after that came back and then he ended up going home so that was saturday then sunday was yoga and relaxing now my goal after yoga was that i was going to go to see glass as of this recording i still have not seen glass i'm doing my best to stay away from all spoiler reviews and everything but <laughs> i need to see this movie this week i absolutely do uh, I've I've read reviews. I've watched reviews. That doesn't do anything for me. I don't care. Uh, I'm gonna still see the movie anyway. It doesn't matter how many people dislike it. Um, I'm I've always been big on M Night. Um, my my only time that I ever left him alone, and I left him alone for years after, was Airbender. Because I'm sorry, you just don't do Airbender wrong. Um, but other than that, many of the movies that people hate by him, I love. So I was like, okay, you know, it's all good. Um, so yeah, I'll see glass and then I'll let you guys know what I think about it next week. And so that's all as far as the weekends. Now, finally, let's conclude with the last of the culture of pop. So I binged watched you, which everyone had been talking about on Netflix. And it was so interesting to me because I'm looking on social media before I have an opportunity to actually watch the show. I'm seeing everyone go back and forth about how they feel about it. And it says so much about the society that we're in right now. Like, and and this is this may trigger some people, this may anger some people. Hey, I'm all about all of us being able to have our own opinions. And by all means, I know that even with me and my light and love, people won't always agree with what it is I have to say. So I'm just gonna preface with that. But the way that some people have come at this TV show is like, can we not have any type of entertainment like i'm watching some people go off on people who like the show you know or said that you know they felt some kind of way about the main character and all these things like millie bobby brown of stranger things ended up being attacked because she attempted to, to defend the main character now this isn't me attempting to defend the main character who his name is joe in the um in the show um, I'm not attempting to defend him at all, but my thing is, is that if she found something redeeming about him, she has every right to feel that way. She can share that she feels that way and then keep it pushing. Why does she have to be attacked by tons of people? And this is what I'm saying about the internet and where we exist now. Like everyone feels like they get to share their opinion and tear other people down. It's a whole bullying society, you know? Like, I feel this way. I'm going to have about 17 other people who are going to jump in. We're all going to wear you out on social media. 
all because your opinion doesn't match with ours. That's problematic as fuck, you know? And that's the reason why I want to talk about the topic for this week, which is healthy detachment. It's necessary. It's so necessary living in this society to not feel like you have to be a part of the get along gang, you know, to be a lemming, to be a sheep, that you can absolutely be your own individual and have original thought. Because in the world that we live in right now, those people who consider themselves to be super liberal and super to the left are just as dangerous as those people who are conservative. The people who would gladly see racism and sexism and homophobia thrive, you know? These people who are out here marching, talking about they're trying to make a difference are just as bad as the people who they're rallying against. It's the truth. And social media will show you in a heartbeat, you know? And watching the responses to this show is like, has no one ever seen Dexter? Like, Dexter was on Showtime for years. And people loved that show. And I'm like, it was once again a situation where you had, you know, this... uh anti-hero well i guess he wouldn't really be joe wouldn't be an anti-hero at all but this complicated person there we go this complicated individual because here's the truth of the show without giving anything away um everyone knows he's a stalker so that's not that's a, a premise of on the freaking commercials it's not giving anything away but it's like we are full whole human beings you can be someone who is a monster and you can still have a heart you know you can still care about something or someone so attempting to be like you know what you're doing all of these things every single solitary aspect of what you and what and who you are is cruel disgusting and that's it but that's not reality and it saddens me that people who consider themselves to be so progressive in the mind are so juvenile in thought honestly you know it's like this is where you are i'm black and white This is where you exist. You can't go anywhere other than that. And that's it. And me speaking as someone who has been in abuse physically and mentally and emotionally shit abusive relationship. I can't live there. No matter what it is that was done to me in the past. I can't exist in a place where I even considered him to be a complete monster because I saw the way that he acted with his family. You know? So even even though he did what he did to me, at no point in time could I completely consider him to be a, a vile, disgusting human being across the board. Because that's not who he was. He was a monster to me. And in other relationships, he may have been a monster. But that's not who he was to his family. He loved them endlessly. So I'm looking at people in the way that they're attacking this character in this show, and I'm just like, so is that the way that you operate in day-to-day life? Because he's a character on television, and you have this much passion and hate towards a television character. So how do you operate in the real world, you know? There are monsters in this real world. Do you believe that these monsters are unredeemable? Do you believe that these people don't have a heart at all, you know? This is called the healing space. You can't possibly think that the host of this show is going to be somebody who's black and white. That's just not the way that I exist, you know? So as I'm watching these responses on social media, I'm just like, I want to love these people. I really, or someone, if it doesn't have to be me, I want someone to love these people 
because people are operating out of a deep area of pain when one you can put that much hate towards a television character two you can attack a young girl just because she has an opinion that you may not agree with and three the fact that you operate in this world assuming that people do horrible disgusting things and jail isn't enough for them you know it's not enough for them that they go to jail you would honestly see them killed which if you take a moment to evolve your mind and think to yourself makes what it is that you want to do no matter no, no better than what it is that he or she has done so now we're in eye for an eye territory and then you're blind you know so yeah that whole situation with you was very confusing to me but i loved you it's already been picked up for a second season which will be exclusively on netflix and i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be awesome uh i binged the hell out of that show like i think i finished it in 24 hours the whole thing like yeah it was really really good and then lastly i want to talk about uh kamala harris running for president in 2020 so kamala is a senator from uh california i believe and there has been a lot of backlash especially when it comes from uh democrats and how they feel about her so we're once again entering a very interesting space because it's like you want to see trump out of office but you're going to attack every person who could possibly be the ones to get him out of there now i already shared with some of my co-workers at work i told them i said this is how it's going to play out trump is going to get back in office and they're like why do you think he's going to get back in office and I said, because liberals don't really understand how to properly play this game. And it seems like, you know, with the younger generations, it's now a thing of we just need to get everybody out. We hate all of you, you know. And it's like, but if you decide that you're going to pull up everybody on the slightest mistake that they made, you're getting rid of all politicians. Now, here's the deal. I'm here for that. If we're going to make new rules where it's going to be completely about honesty, then I'm here for it. But if that's the direction, if that's not the direction you're going in and you're just going to attack all of the liberal candidates until there's literally no one left but Trump back in office, you just need to shut up, honestly, because if there are lots of politics, first of all, <laughs> and I made sure I took a lot of notes for this. But one of the things that I put down is an honest politician is an oxymoron. So I don't know what it is that you all are expecting from these people, but Barack Obama wasn't always honest. You know, when it came to his freaking pastor, he threw that man to the wolves in order for him to make it further into being president. Let's just call a thing a thing. You know, um, I believe his name was Reverend Wright. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm like, in order for him to get to the next level of where he wants to be, he has to denounce that he even cares for this man. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. But he did what he had to do. You know, when he was president, he also did what he had to do. I tell people when I talk about Barack Obama, I'm like, I believe that man before he got into politics was probably as, you know, black power, fight the power as you could possibly get. But then he got into politics and it's almost like you have to sell your soul so the way that people are attacking kamala i'm like you're acting like at the end of the day she's not really for 
black people. Now, you know, you see things that she's done. And I'll read off some of these things because she was uh, a district attorney in San Francisco and the California attorney general um, at different points, of course. And so I put down the notes that people took her to task for issues like her defending California's ruling to deny trans inmates the right uh, to their gender reassignment surgery. Um, And okay, so she stated in that situation that she couldn't fire her client, even though their beliefs didn't match her own. Now, personally, me, I am the kind of person where I feel like, why couldn't you have fired them? But with that being said, again, this is a situation where she did something that wasn't right. But are you going to give her an opportunity to evolve? You know, are you going to believe that she evolved or just keep her where she is? Remember, Barack Obama was someone who had stated that she what he wasn't for. Um... He wasn't for same-sex marriage and then changed, you know. Uh, me, personally, I believe he was always for it. He was just playing the game. Uh, and then once he decided the coast was clear, he was able to come out and be like, I'm fine, you know. But you all forgave him. You let that go. So the next thing that I put down is that um, there was the New York Times op-ed piece that spoke about how she fought to keep falsely accused individuals in jail. Again, a horrible thing. Something that she's apologized for, you know, and the situation is, are you going to make her stay there? Or are you going to say to yourself, I believe that she can be a good benefit one to getting him out of office, but as a black woman can speak for things that actually mean a lot to me. So then what else did I put? Her aides have shared that she's made advancements to combat police bias, as well as fighting to keep first time offenders out of jail. Okay. So there are some positives. So for these negatives that you are lobbying at her, here's some positives that she's had as well. So I'm a firm believer that we need to pull people up on their shit. I absolutely believe that. We shouldn't allow anyone who wants to be president to just walk in and we say to them, you know what? No. You, you, no, no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. We shouldn't let anyone walk in and say, yes, you get to go scot-free. No, we need to make sure that we're pulling receipts and asking questions, but we don't need to pull receipts and say to them, now that we've looked at the receipts and you are guilty of these things, you're canceled. Bullshit. If that were the case, if we're being completely honest, the vast majority of those of you out there who are condemning people the way you are would have been canceled a long time ago. Because a lot of you are messy as fuck. You're messy to yourself. You're messy to your loved ones. You're messy on social media. Like, none of us are beyond this thing, you know? We've all done horrible things in the past. We've all lied, you know? We've all done things that I'm sure, well, me, I don't believe in regret. But we've all done things that we can learn lessons from. So the fact that you can sit there yourself judging, knowing good and well that if the tables were turned around, you had to answer for the things that you've done, you'd want someone to allow you to evolve. But yet, this is not what you're doing for these people. So I just thought that was interesting. I was looking online and seeing how many people were so quickly coming out against Kamala. And I'm like, wow, you're not even allowing her the opportunity to be able to evolve and become someone better. Barack Obama is your president. Even today, you state he is your president. Now, mind you, I love the man, too, uh, but he was flawed and I had no problem pulling up, pulling him up on issues that he had. When I had my magazine, Escape the Matrix, I had journalists who freely came at him all the time. 
They hated the fact that I even had him on covers of the magazine and I allowed them to state how they opposed my views in the magazine because that's what it's all about. Barack was not a perfect president. And those of you who are standing out here acting like he is are silly. Faxy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, um, so let's see where this goes. Let's see the other uh, the other candidates who come and if people are going to just tear all of them down as well. And we, we just get to a point where no one's good enough and Trump is in there for four more years. And we'll see what that looks like, you know, and who will you blame when that takes place? So that is it as far as my weekends and culture of pop. My God, almost 50 minutes in. Told you guys, this is why I can't take no breaks. <laughs> I come back and there's so much. <laughs> but I'm going to make sure that I put the segment times in the description of the episode so people can jump ahead if they need to but now you guys are going to get to enjoy relaxing inhale and exhale let go of some toxic energy and inhale some love as i introduce you all to our new segment the safe space we are bombarded with toxic energy on an almost daily basis This could be our own doing, or energy poured into us by others. I want to help you with creating a safe space for yourself, a place where you can go to be your full self without apology or fear. In this place, you can let go of that toxic energy and inhale love and light. So first, I want you to close your eyes for me. If you're driving, you can just listen for now and participate once you've parked your vehicle. Now, once your eyes are closed, I want you to imagine you are in a dark room. I want you to envision what your safe space would look like right now. This could be a place from your childhood, a parent's home, your first apartment, your favorite mall, any place where you felt you could be safe and whole. Once you have a clear idea of what your safe space will look like, allow the lights to come up in this dark room and all around you is the safe space you've created. Take a seat in the center of said space. Imagine a gift box appears in front of you. This is a box with a lid. Imagine it's the size of a video game console. Look to your right and you'll see a small dinner table. Place that table across your lap as you're sitting down. On top of the table is a pen and a piece of paper. What I'd like for you to do is think of all the toxic energy that has been put into your spirit over the past week, from last Tuesday until now. Energy that you put into yourself or energy from another. During this point, you can pause the podcast to write down all of the toxic thoughts or skip ahead to the next segment. Once everything is written down, I'm going to ask you to inhale 
take each inhale as a moment to reflect on one of the toxic things you've written down. When I ask you to exhale, this is your chance to begin the healing process, letting go of whatever you're holding on to. Once these deep breaths are complete, you'll place the paper inside the gift box in front of you and place the lid back on top. So here we go. Three rounds of breath. Inhale and exhale. Okay. First one. Breathe with me. We inhale deep. And exhale. Inhale deep for me again. Face that toxic energy head on and let it go. One more time. Inhale deep for me. Let go. Beautiful. You've removed some of the toxic energy that has weighed you down. I pray you feel lighter. Now, make your way to our next segment on healthy detachment. And when you return, we'll work on filling you with love. Hinduism and Buddhism both speak of the importance of detachment. However, Christians practice it as well. Hindus focus a lot on detaching oneself from the past and future, while Buddhists focus on letting go of opinions as a way of releasing possible future harm. Christians focus on detaching from their passions and working to exist in a more calm state. With each faith, you can go far deeper into their feelings on said detachment, but it's important to know the dangers of existing on the extremes of both detachment and attachment. So we're going to talk about two disorders and why I think healthy detachment is so important. First, we have emotional detachment disorder, and it's something that that could be considered good or bad. The funny thing is, in doing my research for this episode, I realized that I might actually be battling EDD myself. EDD is indeed a mental health disorder, and it shows up from psychological trauma in early years and through childhood. The person battling EDD may be physically present during altercations, but mentally elsewhere. These people may have a hard time being a loving family member. They may often avoid activities, people, places, and events that may trigger them from past traumatic experiences. This can lead to memory issues if it persists. Signs for EDD would be being emotionally numb, unable to show compassion or empathy for someone else. Someone may not want to commit to things, most noticeably a relationship. That could be a sign of EDD. 
Another sign, they can be seen as insensitive to people's needs and have very high expectations for people. They may say hurtful things, but this isn't the intention. They're simply disconnected from understanding what it means to have empathy and sensitivity. Now, EDD is on a spectrum. So while it could be said that someone raised in a strict household or an abusive one could have EDD, it could also be something seemingly harmless that triggers the disorder. Seeking therapy is the best solution for getting past this. However, working to properly comprehend the importance of communication can also go a long way in battling EDD. Then, on the other side, we have dependent personality disorder. These symptoms show up as someone who has a long-standing need to be taken care of and a deep fear of being abandoned or separated from those they care about. They develop these symptoms of anxiety when they're not around others. Signs usually show in mid-adulthood and they look like Behaving submissively on a regular basis. Depending on friends and family to make decisions for them always. Fearing rejection. Needing repeated reassurance. Being overly sensitive to criticism. Being unable to be alone. They become distraught when friendships or romantic relationships are severed. My God. The amount of people I know who fit so many of these symptoms. The majority of them, if we're being completely cellophane. If these people are left alone, they may feel hopeless and more than likely may have panic attacks. Let's talk risk factors. If they've been abusive, excuse me, if they've been abused in long-term romantic relationships. If they have a history of neglect if they've had an abusive upbringing, a family history of anxiety disorders. These could all be risk factors. As far as solutions, cognitive behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, residential treatment, and medication. Now, for me, I practice what I believe to be healthy detachment. Now, earlier, of course, you know, I've read about EDD and I realized that that might actually be me. (laughs) So I may be learning something as I'm attempting to educate you all. However, when it comes to healthy detachment, when I speak of it, it shows up as you loving you first. That's what healthy detachment looks like to me. We have to be unafraid to show up for ourselves and not be connected to everyone and everything. Material possessions come and go. We deserve to treat ourselves. This is true. However, how many purchases are to show off and how many of them do you truly care for? Are you buying things to keep you from doing other unhealthy things? Is retail therapy keeping you from doing something that could be more harm to you? Are material possessions a crutch? All things to ask yourself when it comes to detaching. What about the attachment to human beings? You can see it all day and night on social media. 
Many of us have attachment to the internet, to social media itself. However, you can always see when someone lives just a little too much, putting a little bit too much into social media. When you find yourself tearing other people down, when you find yourself arguing with total strangers, when you notice that your physical and or mental being is compromised due to social media, this is when you know you're too far connected. There's a problem that exists in our society right now. We are too plugged in. I look over social media and I watch as people that I know personally on a regular basis are getting into arguments with people that they more than likely will never meet. There seems to be this this unwillingness to chill. I feel like that's the best way I can put it. This deep unwillingness to chill. It's as if people feel as though they're losing something by being more relaxed, by detaching, by allowing themselves to exist in a space where they can simply be happy with who they are. Instead, in being attached, they feel as though they need to bring other people down. They're not seeing themselves. And in not seeing themselves, they can't see others. This attachment is toxic. Because you're not getting to know you. So you don't really understand the purpose of respecting others. You need healthy detachment. You need to be able to pull away from your phone and have time just to you. The scariest thing for so many people is to tap into who they truly are. This is like an, a, 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 a story as old as time. The unwillingness to detach and simply be with you. Even in an instance where you were able to get off of social media, you now need to be up under someone. You need to go out and be able to hang with someone. The idea of being able to go somewhere, it doesn't even have to be your home, to go somewhere and just be by yourself. The thing that's scary is that someone will listen to this and they'll say to themselves, oh, I can completely disconnect from my phone. And in their head, they're thinking to themselves, once I disconnect, when I go back and connect again, it's okay for me to begin going off on people online. You know? That's not healthy. Okay, fine. I can, you know, stay away from my phone for a day. But when you go back, what are you doing? When you're calling people so that you can complain to them all day long. You didn't call so you could hear how it is that they feel. This isn't a dialogue. It's you pouring all of your negative energy into that person. And then you detach. Just to attach once again when you feel the need to suck all of the light out of them and leave them with your pain. Healthy detachment is important. 
And I feel like it may be necessary to do more than one episode on this because I don't think that what it is that I've shared today is going to truly hit home for a lot of people. Mostly because people can't see it in themselves, the need to detach, the need to remove yourself. There's nothing wrong with taking time to see you. Because if you take that time to see yourself, you may see everyone else with brand new eyes. It's important. We can't continue to exist in a world where we are constantly sucked to one another. Unable to truly move. You become one. (laughs) You're no longer an individual. You have to be willing to detach. And do it in a way that's healthy. Do it in a way that you can understand will feel good. Getting to know yourself is not a bad thing. Tapping into who you are is not a bad thing. We all have demons we've battled. We all have trauma that frightens us. We all have things that trigger who we are, but we can defeat those things. The battle isn't over. Sadly, for some of you, it hasn't even begun. Find a way to show up for yourself. And even if you need help in order to do so, fight to get to a point where you can fight that battle alone. That is when you will know what healthy detachment looks like. Being able to properly separate yourself from the world and come back in a space that is far healthier for you. Being attached to the world should not leave you in a space of drainage. (laughs) It should not make you angry. It should not make you pissed. That should not be your default. Anger should not be your default. We are balanced people. Unfortunately, we exist in a world where the love and light is considered to be the bad thing. People are so attached to toxic energy that they don't understand that there needs to be a balance of love and light in them as well. Complaining is our culture now. People don't understand that there has to be some form of exhale. You can't just hold it in all the time. Learn healthy detachment. It will save your life. I know it saved mine. Okay. Let's close your eyes again. Taking a moment to connect to your breath. Remember that we're inhaling through our nose and exhaling through our mouth. Earlier, we removed some toxic energy. However, this leaves voided spaces within you. 
so let's fill those with love. Every time I ask you to inhale, I want you to think of one thing you'd like to celebrate about yourself from last Tuesday until now. On your exhale, I want you to focus on sending love and light out to someone who's made a positive impact in your life over the last week. This will be for only one person, so each exhale will be going out to the same individual. You may want to pause this to think of who and what you'd like to celebrate. Okay, are we ready? Let's go. Inhale deep. And exhale. Inhale that good self-love. And exhale, send it out. One last time. And exhale. Remember, you can access your, excuse me, access <laughs> your safe space whenever you like. It's always here for you. I hope you've enjoyed visiting your safe space. Don't be a stranger to yourself. And now it is time for good news. I have to say that there are very few things that excite me. But I'm excited about these changes that I've made to good news. I want to be able to hear from the misfit universe. You know, BHW and I were always talking about the good news that was going on in our lives. And hopefully that inspired all of you. But how awesome is it to be able to hear from the misfit universe and you all being able to inspire one another? That's beautiful to me. So shout out to those of you who submitted your good news for the very first installment of this. And hopefully it's something we can keep going every single week. So first we have Kennedy. He shared his good news is increase in my life financially and spiritually. I'm learning that focusing on myself is the best thing I could ever do. And therefore things are happening in a different way. So the good news is I'm my number one priority. Amen, Candy. <laughs> one is indeed the magic number. Because if you can't put yourself first, how can you show up for everyone else? You know? So that's awesome, Candy. Thank you so much for sharing. Next, we have Rebecca Butterfly Vons. She shares that she's grateful for restoration. It feels good to do what I love. It's a journey being an artist of any form full-time, and this coming August will make 17 years that I've been a full-time poet. It is my main and for the most part only source of income. Freedom is a beautiful thing. Indeed, Rebecca. <laughs> Indeed it is. Uh, there, there aren't a lot of us that can say that we either don't have nine to fives or even have periods in our adult life where we've been able to say that we haven't. 
Uh, I've gone several years working solely for myself and not having a nine to five. And there is a beautiful freedom that comes along with it. Uh, I, I feel like the only thing that changes that is if your nine to five is actually in your passion. And like, that's what I'm doing now. Working in mental health, it doesn't feel like I'm going into a job every day, you know. Um, so when you're loving what it is that you're doing, it doesn't feel like you'll ever work. But trust me, I have several friends who are singers and poets and actors and yoga instructors and it's their full-time job and they love it you know they they answer only to themselves so i feel you on that and that's a blessing 17 years what a true true blessing thank you for sharing that i'm hoping it inspired someone next we have daryl daryl shares after not being able to sleep well consistently for the better part of a year i feel like i may be finally overcoming it I can't even imagine, Daryl. I can't even imagine what that must feel like. Like, I I so rarely have bad sleeps that I can call out when it happens quickly, you know? Like, last week, I had, oh my goodness, the worst sleep. I felt so uncomfortable tossing and turning. But it's rare, you know? Like, that sleep may have been one of two in the last year, maybe. It's very rare for me. So I feel for you. Um, but I'm so happy to see that you're overcoming it. And I pray that that continues. Thank you so much for sharing that. Then we have LaVey. LaVey shares, I ran my first half marathon with all these exclamation points. <laughs> that is nothing to scoff at, at all, at all. And I love that there's so many of us who are out here getting our run on these days. A lot of my friends down here in Atlanta run a lot. They all invite a brother, but they run a lot. <laughs> and it's so awesome. And I'm so proud of them. They get out there and they're about their fitness. And I mean, like a lot of my friends, like not one, because, you know, of course, um, Kevin, as he talks about in the Outline podcast, he runs. But like he and I have friends in common. I have other friends. Like I know at least off the top of my head, at least five of my friends who run marathons regularly down here in Atlanta. So that's beautiful to see that you're getting that in, LeVay. Please don't stop. It's definitely inspiring. Next, we have Rakeem. Rakeem shares, I've never felt more alive. I'm working on finishing my four degrees, taking on a new job that gets me closest to my dream jobs, coming up on two years of marriage and continuously growing with my husband. I'm on track and doing the damn thing. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed you are, good sir. <laughs> and that's impressive. Four degrees, my word. Okay. Knocking all of those out at the same time. In two years of marriage, you know, we often make jokes about in gay years, but these days in, in marriage in general, that's impressive that you two guys are going strong two years in, you know. Um, I wish nothing but the best for both of you. And this is awesome what it is you're accomplishing right now and thank you so much for constantly listening to the podcast and you're one of our uh, misfits who actually retweets and shares on uh, twitter so that means a lot thank you so so much for your love of ths podcast it means more than you know next we have manny manny shares my good news is me having gotten past my fears and feelings of not being good enough to record music I'm literally actively creating music now. And that's beautiful. When we can get out of our own way, come on. 
when we can get out of our own way and be able to see the greatness that we have within us, you know, many of us, myself included, are often afraid of our greatness. And I've talked about that on the podcast. And that's not being arrogant. That's speaking to the truth of who you are, you know, for a very, very long time. I've been scared of what I what I would accomplish if I just throw caution to the wind, you know. Um, I've been blessed that in a lot of instances I've gotten past my fear and that's how I've been able to create different things within my company. However, there is a lot more I believe I could get accomplished if I stopped being afraid at just how big I'll succeed. So reading what it is that Manny said is like, dude, you have a blessing. You've been you've been given a gift, you know, and what are you going to do with that? Because who knows your voice and the message that you have to share could save someone. And I don't want to put that on everybody because I know that that's my journey. That's why I believe I've been put here on this earth. So I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm always putting on people. Your gift could help somebody. It could just be that you love to sing. (laughs) But, you know, I'm just putting out there like, don't don't fear your greatness. And I'm so happy to see that you're walking into that and getting out of your fears. And last, we have Willie. Willie shared, there's a major battle I'm facing currently, but I'm more at ease within than I've ever been before. The major energy or consciousness that I have finally accessed is the good news that I have to share. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Willie. And whatever that battle is, I pray that you're able to get through it and you're going to come out on the other side feeling better than ever. But how wonderful is that, that you are in such a great place now that that's wonderful to see, you know, that you've you've tapped into something great and that you're at least in in some instances on the other side of things that you may have been battling. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I play I pray (laughs) play. I pray that in the year of exploration, you continue to rise higher. That's wonderful. Thank you all so much for sharing your good news. That was great. (laughs) I know that has made me feel lighter reading what it is that you all have to say. So I hope those of you out there in the, uh, the Misfit universe that you felt inspired by what it is that you've heard from their good news as well. If you'd like to be able to walk with THS podcast on social media, you can first go to the, our, uh, our official website, which is thspodcast.com. There's also Facebook and Instagram, which is THS Podcast, and Twitter, which is underscore THS Podcast. If you want to be able to find all of our THS live videos, that's on our YouTube channel, which is Revolution LLC. And if you want to walk with me anywhere on social media, if you want to set up a yoga class or a meditation class or stretch therapy, massage therapy, life coaching, all of the above, (laughs) you can find me across all platforms at Scorpiogi. That's S-C-O-R-P-I-Y-O-G-I. This has been awesome. Even though it's only one week, I missed you guys. Again, I can't share how much it I, it means to me that you all were hitting me up like, where the hell is the episode? <laughs> Trust me, that's not going to be a regular thing. But for my mental health, it does feel good to know that I can just have a time where I don't feel like doing it. You know, it's good that I can say to myself, you just need a break. 
and that I, I can't always be that anal person who gives everyone a heads up, you know, weeks in advance. It's not always going to happen that way. And it feels good that I can admit that to myself and kind of step out of, uh, you know, being so rigid. And so it has to be this way. So, yeah, that's feel that feels good. And there's my healing. <laughs> so next week is black, queer and unapologetic. And that's going to be the 67th show. Wow, we keep trucking. I can't wait for you guys to hear the conversation. Our guests for this for this Black Crown Unapologetic, excuse me, are George Hill, Manny K. Soul, and Mike Walker. So I hope that you guys are going to enjoy it. It's going to be an awesome episode. And yeah, until then, I love you all so much. Continue to rise higher together in the year of exploration. And until next week, namaste. Namaste.